Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Oh, man, I was so close. Jump the shark just a little bit. We can try and do it again. Hello, Montana. There it was. A little slight delay. Still working through some kinks. It's only been five years. (laughs) The Grizzlies fall by a point in Cedar City. Colter Nuanas is a savant. It is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Outstanding to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Happy, happy hallelujah. Here we go into the weekend. Thanks for letting us take you into it. We appreciate that very much. If you want to call, be a part of the show. 361-3688 is the phone number. 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can text that phone number as well. 361-3688. Let us know what's on your mind. Give us some feedback. We will be happy to uh, relay that over the air if you know, it's pertinent, warranted, etc. You want to listen live? You can do that anytime you would like to via the stream. You go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. You jump in that thing and you listen to uh, whatever's on ESPN radio any time of the day or night, including this show every afternoon from 4 to 6. The uh, stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. Last night, the opening of Big Sky Conference play, the University of Montana men's team goes to Cedar City. Great basketball game. 
but fall by one point. 64-63, is that what was the final there, 64-63. Uh, a three-pointer, clutch three-pointer <laughs> by Josh Vett. Was it a great game or was it a close game? Yeah, well, let me just say this for me, okay? Yeah. Close games are great games, period. See, for, now, me, was, for me, when it comes to hoops, the art of the game is so important to me, and last night was a uh, far from artistic game. I did appreciate a lot of stop and start, the a lot physicality, of shooting. Yeah, and we'll get into the analysis of it, but uh, it, it was a hard fought and uh, slugfest like game. It was actually, honestly, it was identical to the game these two teams played in Cedar City last year, except Montana won by one last time and lost by one this time. Great game, as I said. Uh, <laughs> Josh Vasquez buries the three, but John, and how great. Was JK three last night for South Southern Utah though outstanding man that, he's, a, he's a dog he's he and he's a he's a flyer fun too. to watch uh, but he gets to the line of course that game would end essentially end on a free throw uh, so in any case uh, the Grizzlies fall they are zero two you know for what it's worth USC and then a one point loss they have an opportunity tomorrow noon the tip off noon tomorrow uh, for the Grizzlies to uh, uh, in their second opportunity uh, against Southern Utah. So we'll get into that. We'll take a look at that game a, a little bit. We will uh, also, as we do each and every uh, Friday here, have, well, I say each and every Friday, generally it's Friday heading into a Seahawks weekend, but Mike Dugar going to join us 12 for the 12th. How this Mike twice in one week because we had him on the Monday night for the Monday Nighter game. Now we'll have him again. Mike Dugar covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. The Seattle Seahawks uh, uh, playing on Sunday this weekend. And so we will get into this game uh, against the Giants with him. Shameless plug for Mike. It's not shameless. The guy does a hell of a job. He's the great. Athletic is sweet. It's a dollar a month right now. They, they had the sale. And Mike plugged it on Monday and yep. it was supposed to be over on Tuesday. They extended it through the weekend. I'm telling you, as a sports fan, you're going to like it. And if it's a dollar a month, you're really going to like it. Yeah, absolutely. Go spend yourself 12 bucks. You can have something to read for the whole rest of the year. It's yeah. going to be great for you. Go do it. Go ahead and subscribe to The Athletic. So we'll do uh, we'll do that at uh, 4.30. After that, we are giving away today this pocket knife, a William Henry pocket knife. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, uh, and uh, we finally have done it. We've gone through all of the selections. We appreciate all the submissions. It actually took a, a, a little bit of time to get through every... It's one of all our biggest th- submissions we've gotten for one of these Wufu giveaways. Uh, so all I'm, all I'm thinking job, is, I'm glad I didn't ask for a paragraph. You know what I mean? Because no I'd still be sitting here. So uh, that was good, but great work for all of you. And we're going to call somebody live if you did submit for this. Pay attention. Okay. Because this is what happens. We call people live, and then they don't answer, and then the whole thing's a bust. You know, we want them to be there. So we'll see if we can get a winner out of this thing here today. Uh, top of the hour, looking forward to uh, this as well. We'll get into our uh, Garden City Spotlight, go through a, a couple of things. And also, of course, it's a Friday, so it's the Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports this year. We're going to talk to Carolyn today and uh, and do uh, uh, the Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports and have a little uh, little fun with her. Garden City Spotlight, We got our uh, I got the Allstate list. Anybody that's watching okay. on TV, you're watching me highlight. I'm going to run out of highlighter ink. That's how many Sentinel guys are on these lists. I've never seen this before. We'll give you all the All-State selections from around the Garden City and around the rest of the state of Montana as well. But uh, I'll tell you right now, the undefeated Sentinel Spartans, they cleaned up. This isn't just like a couple. This is like multiple, multiple guys getting first-team All-State on both sides of the ball. So congratulations to them. I mean, it stands to reason, does it not? You you go undefeated, you win the state championship. It it does. I think that it's it's just it's rare that you're gonna get if a guy like Zach Cruz, for example, is is a first team all state guy on one side of the ball as a junior. Yeah. 
I think that if he was a second team or an honorable mention All-State on the other side, you'd be like, man, this guy's amazing. As a rising junior, he's All-State on both sides, including first team as a junior. Yeah. Well, he's first team on both sides of the ball. I mean, to be first team both sides of the ball like Geno Leonard and Soren Seaver, I mean, that is an impressive thing. No doubt. It, uh, first team All-State all by itself is an impressive thing, but most of the guys that are first team All-State, if they're just even honorable mention on the other side of the ball because they're even just playing on the other side of the ball, it's impressive. Let alone if you are first team All-State both sides of the ball, that's amazing. And we had five kids from Sentinel get that accolade today. Very, very impressive. Uh, congratulations to them and everybody else, by the way, who's on this no, list. No doubt. So we'll get into uh, all of it. But, Coulter, let's start with some actual sports that actually happened wow, last night in the Big that? Sky Conference. Been a minute. Skyline Sports is just popping off, baby. We are pumped up about this Actually, whole I know thing I wrote right like here. a thousand-word game recap because <laughs> I was just like, I haven't written a game recap in 300 days. <laughs> uh, well, it was uh, quite a game, very competitive. The Grizzlies, though, do fall 64-63 to Southern Utah. Uh, Montana was up six at halftime, 34-28, and then uh, the Grizzlies, and then we're outscored by, well, one more than that, seven in the second half, 36-29. It came down to the wire. It was an exciting game late. I uh, appreciate and accept the admonition that this was not a great game from a basketball standpoint, nor did I certainly expect it to be. You're talking about, uh, especially for Montana, a very young team trying to figure out rotations. The second game of the season, not all the preparation you ever, you know, could have had or wanted to have to even start a season. And, you know, this is this is what you get. A lot of fouls, a lot of stop and start, not very fluid, but competitive nonetheless. And I, I think you would say two of the better teams as you expect them to be in the Big Sky Conference playing to a, a, a one-point decision. But Montana Falls, losing that game, uh, puts a very different per perspective, I would say, to what the, to the game tomorrow for Montana. I mean, did not have one yet in the books. Even you know, okay, it's only two games, but you want to get one, and especially when you're talking about conference play, you're not going to see something Utah again. This is it. This is all until the postseason. You know, if if your paths cross at that point, so you know, this is it. This turns out to be a, a very big and important game for Montana tomorrow coming out of this one, but let's go through this, Coulter, a 64-63 win for the Thunderbirds. Well, a few notes. This is Montana's first loss to open Big Sky Conference play since the 2008-2009 season. I asked you that trivia question on Wednesday. Yeah. They had 11-game winning streak to open up Conference play, so it's the first time Montana is 0-1 in more than a decade in league play. That's, that's worth noting. It's also the second straight time they've lost to Southern Utah because Southern Utah came to Missoula and handed Montana an 85-80 overtime loss in the season finale for both teams last season. Mm -hmm. It's been 276 days since they've played, um, and not a lot of similar faces, at least when it comes to the Grizzlies. But Southern Utah, as of right now, has Montana's number, and that is an anomaly. That has not happened really ever. These teams have played now 25 times in their history, and Montana had a winning streak that lasted the first 19 years of the 20th century, or 21st century, excuse me, and uh, that was snapped last year, and now a little two-game winning streak for Southern Utah. And then the last note, the Grizz lose in Cedar City for the first time since 1999. Here's my take on this game. I don't think Southern Utah is the best team in the league. I do think they're going to be in the mix at the end. I think that with what Montana has, in terms of the influx nature of the rotation, particularly in the backcourt, I thought that Southern Utah is the worst matchup Montana could have had for their conference opener, especially considering they've only played one game so far this year, period. 
Travis DeCure, he usually uses uh, exhibitions and and some you know Division two slash NAIA home games to try to figure out his rotations. If you remember correctly, last season, Montana lost to Montana Tech at home because they were in the middle. Uh, they were trying to figure out which freshman can play, which guys uh, you know can perform under the lights. Where's this guy going to be best suited? They haven't had any of that experimentation yet, so their roster, their entire rotation is completely out of flux. But more than anything, you saw. Southern Utah, the first two games of this season, put the ball in John Knight's hands and let him create. And he was a willing, he was a, a he is an explosive and prolific attacker of the rim, but he's also been an incredibly willing passer this year. Mm. He had 18 assists coming into this game. He had 10 assists in the first game, 8 assists in the second game. So basically what he was doing was he wasn't get to the rim, you kick it out. They have a lot of good shooters, uh, including Mason Fawcett, including Dre Marine, including Yvonne Madunovic. Those guys, Montana, did a good job of actually limiting them. Those three guys that I just named went a combined three of 15 from three. So that's what Montana was wanting to do is if John Knight kicks it out, let's not allow the three. Okay, you executed that part of the game plan correctly. But the two parts that Montana could not figure out was, one, they could not keep John Knight from going downhill. He was getting into the paint over and over and over again. And two, on missed shots when Southern Utah got out in transition, they couldn't pick him up. You could tell there was miscommunications. Brandon Whitney was the breakout star of the USC game. Brandon Whitney didn't get in back into the game until the last two minutes because of his offense because early in the second half, he couldn't pick up on defense. Travis DeCure said it on the Grizzly Radio Network with Riley Corker, and he said, hey, there's just some guys that they just don't know our defensive concepts in transition yet, and if you let John Nike out in transition, well... John Knight has 21 points like he did last night. One other, I thought, telling statistic, and I, you know, not just statistic, but I saw in the game, look, defensive rebounds, you know, you're supposed to get those was relatively a wash, 27 for Montana, 23 for for Southern Utah. The offensive glass, though, is where you're really stealing possessions, plus eight for Southern Utah, 13 to five. One very late off a missed free throw that that then forced a three pointer just to tie it uh, yep. for Montana and and so not there not was, just losing that battle but critical critical moments too. There was two two key offensive rebounds yes. in the last ninety seconds. Yes. One that led to the three that you're talking about that tied it, and then one off of a missed free throw that then led to another pair of free throws. And Dre Marine cashes it in. Here's where I would be incredibly frustrated if I was Montana. Montana shot nearly fifty percent for the field for the game. Mm-hmm. Southern Utah shot what in the 32 30s, 32%. 32.7. Yeah. Montana Southern Utah misses 14 free throws. But when you go to the free throw line 40 times you're going to have an advantage at the free throw line whereas Montana was 9 of 17 from the free throw line. So you're you're kicking yourself for not taking advantage of your opponent's poor free throw shooting and you're kicking yourself for not for shooting not the, being better for, yourself. For not shooting yeah. free throws well yourself. But to me, I think that this Grizz team, I think that some of the, the things that we've seen so far will figure themselves out. They're going to figure out the rotation. They're going to figure out offensive execution. They're going to figure out how to pick up in transition. Those things will come. They they have a serious problem when it comes to shooting the basketball with the exception of one guy right now, and that's Josh Vasquez. I think that you can tell that both the transfers, Cam Satterwhite and Cam Parker, are pressing right now. They are expected to make open shots. Opponents are giving them open shots. They are not making open shots. If they can't make open shots to keep teams honest and they're lacking in the ability to execute what Travis DeCure wants defensively, you can't play them. And this is where the the early season, Montana might actually have to gravitate towards the guys who have been in the program. I think they're early on 
guys like Josh Vasquez and Kyle Owens are who you got to lean on because mm-hmm. that's they know what what is expected. But to me, I heard all the the, the chatter on Twitter. I mean, you know, my my telephone works. I got all the texts from all the Grizz fans <laughs> that are that are watching the game. And I get that from a fan perspective, you're going to sit there and you're going to say, okay, we went on the road and the home team shot 40 free throws and we shot 17. Well, here's my objective analysis of what I watched last night. First of all, you're always going to get a prolifer- uh, just a prolific number of fouls in the Big Sky Conference because I just don't think guys that play in the Big Sky Conference are athletic enough to play by the Division One rules. Every game we see is just a foul fest, and it's not because the refs are biased. It's because the athletes can't keep up with what the rules are. But what I saw last night was a, a, a homer on the whistle was far down the list. There was a couple questionable calls. There was. I thought that the call late on Mac Anderson yeah. that sent Mason Fawcett yeah. to the free throw line for three free throws, yeah. I thought that was a, a questionable at best to bad call. I thought that uh, the call at the end of the game when Josh Bannon got called for a foul that sent John Knight to the free throw line, which ended up being the uh, the the deciding margin, I don't necessarily think that was a bad call singularly in that moment, though. I think it's a bad call. I think when the game's tied, you just let it go to overtime. That said, what I saw was a Grizzly team that's not communicating well defensively. They're not rotating well defensively. They're playing too aggressive. They're getting out over their skis. We've seen this with every big guy in Travis DeCure's system when they first get in there. That when you have to do the high show on the screen and you get the little hip check, the ref sets the tone, and now all of a sudden you got two fouls and you're foul trouble. We've seen this when Fabian Krizovic was a senior, yeah. uh, a freshman, excuse me. He got it down by his senior year. But Jamara Coe, Mac Anderson, and now Michael Stedman, and to a certain extent, Derek Carter-Hollinger as well. But these guys are battling foul trouble. But to me, this is the the the, the poor refereeing is far down the list. These guys, to me, you're not going to get called for that many fouls if you get your defensive principles locked in, and they just don't have it right now. couple things along those lines. First of all, 15 of the free throws were shot by John Knight. Why? Because he can go where he wants, when he wants. He's drawing I mean, fouls. Give, give him man? his due. Give him his credit. I mean, how athletic is he? Incredible. And also, Harrison Butler... He shot 10. So that's 25 free throws. There's your difference between two players, okay? So there's some re- there's some explanation there. The other thing, though, Michael Stedman to me is key. Michael Stedman went 6 of 9, Yep, was absolutely unstoppable offensively. Great touch. I mean, unbelievable footwork, handwork, everything. Yeah. Scored the basketball at will. But Incredible efficiency. Had 12 points, was the second leading scorer for the Grizzlies, and played what? 17 minutes. Why? Because he, he, exactly what you said, he's trying to learn how to get there in time so he doesn't get called, and then you got to change the way you play when you do get called, and he didn't. He plays probably three more minutes in this game, and Montana probably wins it. Exactly. I mean, here's where we're at with Michael Stedman. He's a preseason all-big sky guy who's supposed to be one of, if not the centerpiece of their entire offensive attack, and he's played 37 minutes this entire season in two games if, yeah. because he's been in foul. He's got, he's got nine fouls in 37 minutes. Not 19, 19 minutes a game, you know, just ain't enough. And it, and it's no, there's nothing else to say other than, you know, fouling. So that's, that's what it is on, on the good side of this for me. And again, this is the mm-hmm. first, I got, I got some glimpses in on the USC game. It's the first game that I kind of sat down and really watched. Brandon Whitney's offensive ability. Oh, buddy. Look out. I mean, his ability to get to the hoop. He's not the the, the John Knight go hard at you, leap, well, draw contact. He can. John Knight's a good, what, four inches and probably 20 pounds heavier? No, he's, than, he's big. Well, he's a senior. Well, he's right? a senior. <laughs> but, John, I mean, but Brandon Whitney is a, is a slight, quick, um, 
very finesse type guy. He's incredibly um, skilled around the rim. John Knight is just a, a, a firecracker. But I mean, John, John Knight's what, 6'3", 200, like coming straight downhill totally. at you? Uh, but Brandon Whitney, his his call it basketball IQ, call it instincts, call it all of the above. His ability with the ball to know where to go, to know how to set up a screen, to get a little bit of space, and the quickness, the flashy quickness, but that's still graceful, mm-hmm. very impressive. I mean, that you sit there and you go, oh, okay, I can see you know, how this is going to work. Now, you know, defensively, transition, okay, all that. I'm just saying you see the skill set that has him out there starting as a true freshman. Well, this is where the back-to-back is so intriguing, so fascinating, because early, John Knight started licking his lips because he started thinking, okay, uh, whether it's Brandon Whitney or whether it's, you know, Cam Parker or Cam Satterwhite Mm -hmm. or, you know, bring them on. Uh, I'm taking all these little guards to the rim all day. Montana then started started switching over and helping with big guys. And then on the last possession of the game, it was actually Josh Bannon that was on the ball. Well, now, can Josh Bannon stay with John Knight off the dribble? I think in general, no. But a little bit earlier on in the second half, John Knight had that incredibly explosive take where he got undercut by Derek Carr Hollinger yeah. and he fell on his shoulder yeah. in his head. Yeah. He left the game for a moment, came back in. But you could tell he was nursing his shoulder. He couldn't really – they weren't worried about him shooting. So I think that's why they went with Bannon on him because they knew it was take it to the rim or nothing. But regardless, this is where the adjustment's now playing because Travis DeCure is going to watch this film. I'm sure he's already watched it three times. He is going to not, I don't think, start with anybody but a big body on John Knight and see where you can go from here. I thought the scout in part for Southern Utah slowing him down offensively was correct, but probably the other part not. But to your point, this game has a completely different complexion if Montana can take advantage of the advantages it has Mm -hmm. They couldn't because some of the guys that they need to go to, specifically Michael Stedman, on the block, were just unavailable. Um, one thing that is worth noting, okay, and again, this is all within the context of some guys got into foul trouble, had to sit down and so forth. The starting five for this game was Michael Stedman, Brandon Whitney, Derek Carter Hollinger, Cameron Satterwhite, and Josh Bannon. Mm-hmm. Okay, different starting unit there. Yep. The three guys who played the the most minutes, though, who actually got the most minutes, interestingly enough, is Derek Carter-Hollinger, Kyle Owens, and Josh Vasquez, the yep. three returning sometimes starter freshmen from last year. They're sophomores now this yep. year, who you go, well, how are they going to feel if they're coming off the bench, this and that? Well, you know, they're coming off the bench. They're still the ones leading the team 30 minutes each uh, uh, for those guys last night. And then again, I don't know, you know, not saying that that's what it's going to be or whatever, but... You go out there, you execute. Josh Vasquez led the team in scoring 14 points, mm-hmm. hit a clutch three. Was it, it was outstanding from beyond the arc last night, which Montana needs. They need somebody who can who can go out there and be consistently filling it up. Well, how about this? Josh Vasquez last year during his freshman year. Struggled early. He missed 20 of his first 24 yes. shots from beyond the arc in the first 12 games. Then yep. he finished the season... I think he was 15 of 32 down the stretch the last eight games of the year. He was good for about uh, – he was about a 2 of 4 guy for the second half of the year, which was great. Yeah. Well, now he hit four last night, so he already is off to a better start than he did a year ago. <laughs> but here's where we're at with the rotation. You, now you've already seen eight different guys start. You've already seen five different guys make their first career starts as Grizz. We're only two games into the year. Five different guys made their first career starts. I mean, Eddie Egan went from starting at USC to play in one minute last night. Mm-hmm. Cam Parker went from starting to coming off the bench. But I just think that Travis DeCure is throwing different guys out there to say who's going to respond when the 
the when the uh, lights are bright. I think that as of right now, coming into this game on Saturday, though, I expect Montana to roll with. I mean, if it's Stedman, Whitney, Vasquez, Derek Carter, Derek Carter Hollinger, and Kyle Owens, or maybe you bring Kyle Owens off the bench because I do like him as the sixth man because he is so versatile, and you leave Bannon in the starting lineup, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I won't be surprised if we have two more new additions to the starting lineup on Saturday, but at least one. I, I bet you I bet you Josh Vasquez starts over Cam Satterwhite on Saturday. Tutel and Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio about 10 minutes from now. Mike Dugar of The Athletic covers the Seattle Seahawks, Seattle playing the New York Giants this Sunday. We'll have that game for you here on ESPN Radio. We will talk to Mike Dugar about it here coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. Coulter, I want to ask you this question. We had Todd Simon, the head coach of Southern Utah, on the mm-hmm. show uh, to start the week off. We look at this through the lens of the University of Montana. We say, well, this happens, that happens, this happens. Sure. It's a Grizz win, which you can always do when you lose by one point. We see some areas where, you know, do this a little bit better, clean this up, goes your way. If you're Southern Utah, if you're Coach Simon, you look at this and you go, hey, glad we got a win. This game shouldn't have even been close or something along those lines. You right. know, they're going to look at the things where they feel like, hey, despite this, we still won, and here's where we got to clean up. What are those things to you? What is Southern Utah's next move? Because you know that they're just because they win, they're going to make as many adjustments as Montana. Well, no question. I mean, Southern Utah came into this game averaging 11 and a half three-point makes per game. I know it was only a two-game sample size, but they were shooting the three really well early on. Yeah. Montana did a good job of taking that away. 27% but from But Dre, Marine, Dre Marine's a four-year starter at point guard. I, I, I talked about him on the show earlier, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to go score 20, but he's absolutely a guy that almost always gets you 12. And last night, he had four. You know, he was one of six from the field. I think that you can expect him to shoot a little better, or maybe not if Montana takes that away. Um, but, you know, Tavion Jones, the Illinois transfer, he only played 10 minutes because he was one of the only Southern Utah players in foul trouble. Him and Madunich were the two guys that kind of struggled with foul trouble. But the other thing is that the best energy guy in the league, the guy that makes the biggest impact off the bench that's a returner this year is Harrison Butler. And Montana did a great job with Harrison Butler of limiting him in the paint. They just had a hard time keeping him off the glass. I think he had four of those 13 offensive rebounds. He ended up with eight rebounds. Uh, he finishes the night with just seven points because he was five of 10 at the free throw line. He didn't have his first field goal till the last two minutes. But you can play a lot better if you're Harrison Butler. I mean, he's usually a double-figure scorer and, and a guy that really can um, change the dynamic of a game because of the unorthodox nature. I mean, did you see Did you see his outfit last night? I mean, the shorts got shorter. He started wearing tights, so good for him. Now, but, uh, so, some keep people are out on this. I love it. I'm into oh, it. I, I think it's, it's great. hilarious. Great. It's great. Do your thing. Uh, but, but, but if you're Southern Utah, I mean, I think that the definitive advantage that you're going to have is John Knight getting downhill. Of course. Montana's going to make an adjustment, but how does Southern Utah handle that? But I think it really just comes down to to hitting more shots, knocking down your free throws. But if you're Southern Utah, you're sitting here thinking, okay, I mean, what does Montana do better than anybody in the league? They guard you. They challenge you defensively. And the steadfast nature of that, it causes teams to wilt. Even if it's for a moment in the game or it's at the end of the game, it's so hard to go blow for blow with Montana. Mm. The reason Northern Colorado has been a thorn in Montana's side 
is because they've had some dudes who are willing to go blow yes. for blow yes, they have. with Montana. But it's also the reason why, even though Eastern Washington has been as good, if not better, than Montana in the regular season the last couple of years, head-to-head Montana dominates it because Montana gets Eastern a break every once in a while where they'll lose their composure or, you know, Kim Aiken starts pushing people around or whatever it might be that gives Montana that little bit of separation. Well, if you're Southern Utah, you say, hey, guys, we didn't shoot it worth a lick. We didn't make free throws, mm-hmm. and we went toe-to-toe. We out these guys. We beat them on the glass. We beat them in transition, and we beat them overall. And I think that's a huge confidence boost for Southern Utah. Now, the trend of Southern Utah, though, has been let letdown games or you know not having consistent levels of effort. Can they channel it? In round two, and you know, and it's like I keep telling you all the time, when you're talking about the same opponent two nights later, if Travis DeCure loses the first one, I mean, bet the freaking house on the second one. Yeah, well, because how good have they been with different opponents coming off of losses, let alone the same opponent? I asked you this very question yesterday. You said, you know what? Honestly, I think Montana loses tonight. That was yesterday. Yep. They did. Yep. And you said, I think they win Saturday. Mm-hmm. We will find out tomorrow. I can't wait for the game. Looking forward to it. We'll say this. We think Southern Utah is pretty good. We don't know how good you had them third in your preseason poll. You start your season with a pair of wins against the Grizzlies. The only time you're going to face them this season in the regular season. You have just set the table for your entire season. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. now you got house money when the when the quote real conference season rolls around starting in January, you know that that they're going to push hard. And I don't see an emotional letdown out of Southern Utah for two reasons. One is, I don't think there's going to be a lot of that when you play the same team twice. I think you get up for both games, unless it's a blowout or some sort or something like that. But also, when you're Montana, you don't see a lot of opponents with an emotional letdown until maybe the second half of a, of a blowout or something like that. Mm. But teams... Get up for the Grizzlies. That is a fact, and it's uh, going to be true again tomorrow, I think. Looking forward to this one, though. Noon tomorrow, uh, again, on Pluto Television, if you're looking for it. Take a break. On the other side, Mike Dugar of The Athletic going to join us. The uh, Seattle Seahawks playing Sunday against the New York Giants. We'll have that game for you here on ESPN Radio. We'll talk to Mike Dugar about this. What do we need to know? What is he seeing? And... How tough is it going to be for the Seahawks to get by the Giants who are in tough shape themselves at home next? What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Seahawks. Favorite at home against the Giants. Sunday afternoon. We'll have the game for you. Let's learn a little bit about it right now. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Failed to do this off the top. I want to do this right now because I'm feeling it. I'm you drink it all it. already? Uh, it's not all gone, but it's, it's getting there. Right down mainline. Friday, it's our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. You're near a Florence Coffee Company kiosk right now, unless you're Mike Dugar, because they are all over Western Montana. And 
boys and girls, it's going to be a great weekend. First weekend of December. Maybe you got some shopping to do. You got some things going on. Just get a great way to start your weekend. Go home, stay awake so you can stay on your computer and order things on the internet. What a fancy deal that is. Or shop local. Well, yeah, shop local on the internet, but everybody's shopping, you know, you're that's doing true. it on that, the That's internet. true. Actually, that is a good point. If you are MDA for, and yep, all that. That's right. That's right. Anyway, uh, I got myself a nice uh, hot Americano, Coulter. It's 40 below zero. You got an ice drink standard. Try and keep the temperature temperature I mean, down. I feel like I live in the Galton Valley right now with the sunshine in Missoula. I mean, it's sunny, but it ain't hot. I know, uh, but that still changes the entire complexion of your day. In any case, you can stay up late. You can sleep in. Get yourself a Florence Coffee Company coffee. From the Florence Coffee Company. See how that works? Let's go now to the Rankings Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in our good friend Mike Dugar. Covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Athletic. You can read his stuff at the Athletic. Get a subscription on sale, boys and girls. $1 a month. You think you can afford that? Mm, I think so. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. Also follow him at Mike Dugar. Listen, in, listen to him on the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Mike, good to be back with you. A short turnaround for the Seahawks, which is great news because that means it's a short turnaround for you. Welcome back twice in a week. This is the best week in the history of the show as a result of all that. Seattle heavily favored against the New York Giants. Let's start here. Carlos Dunlap did not practice this week. Listed as questionable generally the Seahawks guys don't practice they don't play where are we at with Carlos Dunlap for Sunday yeah that's that's a good rule to keep in mind you don't practice you typically don't play uh there are some exceptions some sometimes it's just like you know a guy needs to be held out because it's something they know he'll he'll tweak or or whatever or honestly like for for veterans like Dwayne Brown can go the whole week you know without practicing but when a guy you know has a foot injury anyone who needed an MRI and the MRI revealed don't practice, problem, right? Like general rule of thumb. You can apply the same logic to uh, Trey Flowers, who had an MRI on his hammy uh, sometime this week, and what do you know? He didn't practice all week. Uh, so that probably means they'll be without their best defensive end and their number two corner on Sunday. I want to say this, though, because Carlos Dunlap, he came in and he's done some things himself, no question, gotten some numbers, but – the improvement that the group has experienced since he's arrived has been tremendous. How much credit goes to him for what he is doing and thereby maybe freeing up some other guys on that line who haven't been able to get off this season that all of a sudden when he arrives are? Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a no-brainer that this is why everyone wanted Jadavian Clowney back in the offseason, right? It wasn't because they're in love with Clowney's production. It was it, Well, that was part of it. Um, but the other part of it was that it's the idea that you just can't do this whole pass rush by committee thing just because you're naturally outnumbered when you're on the, you know, the D line with your four man rush because they have five linemen, right? So to even things out and get the numbers at least somewhat uh, even, you need someone who can draw double teams, right? Because then it's three on three, you know, elsewhere on the line. Well, if you've got no one who can do that, which they didn't before, you know, Carlos showed up, then it, your D line will probably stink, right? And what do you know? The defense stunk. So I think like the fact that Carlos, his arrival has turned what Puna Ford into a pass rusher now. Puna Ford like has two sacks or something like that, uh, or he has he has as many quarterback hits in the last like four weeks than he's had in his entire career. Puna has. Jay Reed looks like a guy that's like worth eleven million dollars now. All of a sudden, when Carlos shows up, like I don't think any of these things are coincidences. Uh, it's because when you have one dude who kind of sets it off. Is ripple effects for the whole rest of the line. And that's why, you know, the front office, everyone was looking at them this offseason like, so you don't want to pay Clowney, what are you going to do? And they were just like, ah, we'll figure it out. And then didn't figure it out until October. 
Mike, I know when we were coming out of the Rams game, that was the third loss in four weeks for the Seahawks. It seemed as if there was, uh, I don't want to say panic, but a sense of urgency was certainly being brought to the forefront when it came to Seattle needing to perform, needing to turn the corner. You called the game against the Cardinals a must-win, and they took care of business. They beat the Cardinals, and then they stacked another win against the Eagles this previous week. So um, where's the confidence level of this team now? I mean, do you feel like these last couple weeks with getting some guys back, Chris Carson included, has revitalized the confidence of this team, and do, they, do you feel like they're still the NFC West front runners? Uh, they're definitely still the front runner for now. It's tricky because, like, I still think the Rams are probably a, a bad matchup for them. Like, if they had to play the Rams, I still think that would be a problem. But they're better than the Rams if they're not playing the Rams. It's weird. I don't know if anything that I just said made sense. <laughs> like, I think it makes confident- total sense to me for sure. I mean, the matchups yeah. in the NFC are so or the NFC West specifically. Like, are the Rams actually the best team in the West? No, but they're definitely the t- toughest team for the Seahawks to beat, whereas the Seahawks seem to be able to overcome the 49ers, whereas the 49ers always seem to spank the Rams. It's like this little rotation where we can't really define who's best just based on results. Right, yeah, it's it's it's, it's very strange. And also, it's one of those things where, like, beating a team doesn't mean you're better than the team, which I know that also doesn't make a ton of sense. But think of, I think the perfect example this year, right, is the only team to beat the Chiefs is the Raiders. Right? No one thinks the Raiders are better than the Chiefs. Right. right. Like beating a team doesn't necessarily mean you're better than the team. So I do think they're the front runner, and I think this, this schedule here will really be good um, for the defense. I don't think they really care who they played. They just care about as long as they're playing together. Uh, I asked Ken Norton, like, hey, what do you want from your corners You know, going forward? He was like, I just want them to be out there. And I see why he said that, because he won't have one of them out there now this week. Uh, so, like, every week it feels like if you're the defense, it's a different dude missing. Now, whether it's Carlos or whether it's Shaq, now it's Trey, perhaps Carlos and Trey. You know, like, there's so, there's always someone missing. So, I, I really don't think these guys care too much about what their schedule looks like or anything going forward. They're just kind of like, a, we just want our best dudes out there as often as possible. I don't know when that will happen, um, but that's just kind of what, priority number one is in that locker room right now mike dugar joining us covers the seattle seahawks for the athletic at mike dugar on twitter and mike the uh seahawks are favorite i think 10 was the last number i saw in this football game but the th- here's the thing is, is as you know pete carroll coaches with a philosophy that always keeps his team in games which is good if you're playing a team that's maybe better or as good as you and maybe not good because it keeps the other team in if you're playing a team often that you are better than. Do you think, especially with Daniel Jones being out, that this is a game that maybe Seattle can create some separation and not have to sit here on pins and needles and win it in the fourth quarter like they do all the time? I mean, they basically did that against Philly, right? Like it was like a Hail Mary that basically made the score respectable, which right. is basically what happened against uh, Philly uh, in the regular season matchup last year. It was like 17-3. to three for the better part of the fourth quarter. And then, like, when they took their foot off the gas, it ended up being, uh, I think, 17-9 to nine with one drive and a touchdown to Zach Ertz. It's very, very similar. This might be a game that looks more like the Falcons game in week one, where it's just like, oh, okay, this doesn't matter what these dudes do. The offense is going to put up a ton of points, and even if the defense lets off the gas, it won't be that close. I think the Niners game was honestly like that too. I can't remember what it was entering the, the fourth quarter, but they were smoking those guys. Like it was, the game was very much, you know, over. They needed two miracle Nick Mullins drives to kind of get back in that game and make the final score look respectable. Yes, I think because that's kind of been 
the thing in their wins uh, lately. They look like they're in control. I expect them to be fully in control here. This might be the only week of the season so far that I picked them to win by double digits. I think I picked the Seahawks. I can't remember. I got to go look. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked them to win by double digits for the first time all year. The NFC East is so interesting. It's not. It's actually so not interesting. But you have multiple teams that are just flat bad that are still all in contention for a division title. But the one team that, to me, has maybe, quote-unquote, exceeded expectations just because I think that they were in the position to maybe tank, especially after Saquon Barkley got hurt, is the Giants. But the Giants, I've actually been impressed with how hard they play. If you follow the lines, they've actually been one of the better teams in the league in terms of covering the spread. I know that doesn't mean much in the tangible results of the game, but they have been exceeding expectations in terms of the uh, the odds in each game. But with no Daniel Jones, it seems like it's an uphill battle. Is there any scenario in which you think that the Giants could spring an upset here against the Seahawks? I think even if you're not a gambler, like covering the spread is some indication that your team is competitive. Right. I don't. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it, even right. if you don't really know what the spreads are each week, for the most part, in an NFL game, it's probably not going to be double digits, which means if your team's covering, the team's probably losing by single digits, which means your team's competitive. So I wouldn't dismiss that uh, entirely. And yeah, the Giants do. They are competitive. Right. I think all of their wins are either against bad teams or NFC East teams. So I mean, that's not saying uh, a ton. I do think Daniel Jones turned it around a little bit the last few weeks. I don't think he has, he's had a turnover in about three weeks, which is for him, that's like a huge deal. Uh, I think the defense has actually been pretty solid the last uh, few weeks. Their defense has put up some decent numbers. Their O-line kind of turns it around. I don't know if that's like firing the O-line coach uh, like they did. Maybe that helped. Um, or maybe it's just Joe Judge, I think, has taken a, uh, more control over that position group. Maybe that sparked the turnaround. I really didn't think the Saquon Barkley thing would matter. I think like, to me, I don't. I'm not in full-on running backs don't matter type of thing. But I think how good a running back is over his replacement, I think, is very tiny. I think it's very. It's like a lot smaller than people think. Like who's the best running back in the league right now? What Chubb, Dalvin Cook, like all of the both of those run games would survive if without those. They actually did survive without those. Specifically with the Browns, like Kareem Hunt just started tearing it up. Um, so that, that part didn't surprise me at all. Now, can the, can the Seahawks lose on Sunday? I mean, maybe. They lost, they lost with uh, Brett Hundley starting a lot of that game in Week 16 against the Cardinals, and he's pretty stinky. He's not as bad as Colt McCoy, but pretty stinky. I think I wrote this today. <laughs> the, the main way that I could see the Giants winning is if they scored on defense, which, I mean, that would be basically a pick six. I don't think anyone – honestly, I don't think anyone on the Seahawks other than Russ has turned the ball over. As crazy as that is, I was looking up Chris Carson's numbers last year. He fumbled seven times. Um, now, of course, he's going to fumble on Sunday. Damn it. I, I jinxed him. But uh, I think that's that's like their only hope is, like, find some way to score on, on defense. Mike, last thing for you. Uh, this is sort of forward, but the news came out just now that the league is reinstating Josh Gordon beginning in week 16. I believe, if I got my numbers right, Josh Gordon played six games with the Seahawks and uh, accounted for a combined total of 175 yards over the course of those six games. It's not a ton of production. He's been you know, out of the league far more than he's been in it. Nonetheless, we know that the talent that he at least one, at one time had, he's still just 29 years old. Is this anything for the Seahawks whatsoever? Yeah, I think it just raises the floor of your room, right? Like if, if Josh Gordon is your third or fourth receiver, right, then your receiving group is pretty deep. 
Um, so I, I think that's a, a plus. I mean, it has depth too, because it's just in case something happens to somebody. I mean, I don't think I don't think Tyler's missed a game since 2016 when he broke his leg. DK's never missed a game, and I, I mean, I'm I'm not sure that'll continue. Not to say that they're hurt right now. Just you know, it's how football works, right? You get hit. I mean, especially the hits that DK takes. There's no guarantee that you're going to be out there, you know, all all 16 weeks. So that's good as well. Uh, but I think the expectations for Josh need to be put in perspective. Right? I, I looked it up the other night. I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think Tyler Lockett is taking up 24% of the offensive targets. DK is right behind him at 23, and there's a huge drop. And it's like Greg Olson was at like nine. Um, David Moore was less than that at like like a little bit less at nine. Like it. Basically, if you're not Tyler or DK, don't expect the ball a lot. I think David Moore is averaging three targets a game. So I think that's probably where you can expect Josh when he comes back in week 16 to be like a anywhere from one to four targets, you know, in any given game, which isn't a ton. But, I mean, if he maximizes them like Demo is doing, um, then that's a bonus, especially in the playoffs uh, when the defenses get you know, tougher, the windows get tighter. You don't want to be throwing, them, you know, Malik Turner in the divisional round, right? You just don't. You'd rather be throwing a Josh Gordon. He's Mike Dugar, covers the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. Go read him at The Athletic. Great deal going on now to subscribe to The Athletic. You can also follow him at Mike Dugar on Twitter and listen to him on the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast for all you 12s out there. Swell for the 12s. Mike, thank you. Thanks for having me, as always. Love it, man. It's somebody who knows something around here talking about something. That's pretty great. Mike Dugar makes me laugh so hard when he says people stink. I just love it. Specifically, stinky. He's pretty stinky. I mean, he's saying that as a as a reality about the the, the person's physical effervescence, not even about their ability <laughs> to play a sport. It's two tell new one is one two ninety ESPN Radio. We got a knife. We're giving it away. Stick around, especially if you put your name in the bucket, because we're making phone calls next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. I'm going to let you behind the curtain here just a little bit. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, How D at Gus Tutel, 1029 ESPN, Sky Sports MT. Um, on uh, 
you know, on radio shows that got like, you know, high level production, uh, you know, and like hosts who, you know, are prepared and kind of, you know, on it, so to speak. Uh, what you do, the reason that you call people live and they answer is because it's been done earlier. It's not mm-hmm. actually happening when you're listening to your radio. Okay. Remember, nobody answers their phone anymore, right? Especially now sure. coming out of this kind of, of election season, no one's answering their phone. So only a couple of, well, us would actually call somebody live on the radio. But here we go. We have a knife to give away. Reese, give it a ring. We got a winner. This is not a thing where if the person doesn't answer, we're going to go on down the line. We had several great ones. We asked you to give us a Super Bowl champion and one word as to why. And uh, we have an individual that we would like to get in here. Now, I'm not hearing anything. Are we even ringing Reese's back here? There's a ring. Okay, that's good. That's good. And I just feel like it's a... Zero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got to hang. That was that. Was that one ring and voicemail? Yeah. Maybe. So maybe we got. This is the best case scenario. Is we got screened. Call him again, Reese. Make him think it's urgent. Okay. By the way, I believe it is a male, just based on the spelling here. I'm not assuming anything. I'm taking this as you know my experience in the world. Uh, the winner. Uh, had a great answer. We had, we basically had three finalists, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the three finalists here. Uh, but we wanted to give a winner. We're giving away a William Henry pocket knife, which we got from RP Ellis. It is a collector's item, a fine, really piece of jewelry more than anything else. And this thing is, well, it's as good as it gets. It's very expensive. It is handcrafted and one of a kind. Hello. Is this Aaron? Yes, this is. Aaron, now you didn't answer your phone the first time that we <laughs> called you, and you are a l- you are you lucky that you answered on the second one because my friend, this is not this is not a solicitation. We're not trying to sell you anything. What we would like to know is your thoughts about the speed limit. Should we No, that's not what we're here to do either. Not a survey. <laughs> Did you want to get yourself a very nice, one-of-a-kind pocket knife, Aaron? I do, I do. Is this the contest? This is the contest. This is to tell. Nuanas is over across from me. And, hey, Aaron, uh, we, which we have not revealed oh, your answer, awesome. congratulations, my friend. You are the winner of, uh, oh. of this William Henry pocket knife, which is, I could say, I have seen it, held it, opened it, and I put it promptly down because it was just too nice for me. Okay. I'll tell you. Wow. So congratulations to you. Now, here's what I'd like you to do. If you would be so kind, uh, tell the people now, everybody's going to think that this is a Homer job. It is not a Homer job. You and I, in fact, you're the one who delivered the finalists yep. up and we selected together. Tell the people who you got winning the Super Bowl, uh, Aaron, who Let's you go got Packers. And why, why, in one word, are the Green Bay Packers going to win the Super Bowl? Danica Liss. That ain't delicious, people. That's Danica Liss. <laughs> <laughs> Danica's out. Rogers is in. And, uh, and that just got you a very, very nice showpiece. Uh, Aaron, we have wow. your information I, I here. I love you guys. Love well, listening to you guys. 
We, uh, well, we appreciate that, and uh, we are happy to, you know, make you, you know, put you in a better position. Either it's going to be the greatest gift you ever gave, or you're going to have something, or I don't know, you know, maybe you turn it over and uh, go somewhere nice for the winter, something like that. But in any case, <laughs> enjoy uh, the, the the pocket knife from RPL, is from William Henry, and uh, and we will uh, we will contact you and get everything you need to know to uh, to get that thing into your pocket. All right, my man. I appreciate it, guys. You got it. There you go. Thank you so much. Aaron, the only man in America answering his phone. It did take two calls, hey. but he did it, and we did it live. That's it's right. a miracle. That's right. That's All right. right. I'm very happy about this. I really, I just sat here, and I just, I've been shaking my head for 45 minutes, just going, just, I know what this is going to be. We're going voicemail. We're getting hey. screened. We're getting the whole deal, but he, he, he answered. And good it. for Congratulations him. Congratulations to Aaron. Um, good, great now, response. Danica Less. I love it. I want to say, now, here's the thing. It's all, you know, it's all on the web, right? Yeah. I don't have a computer in front of me. You got yours. But but uh, uh, we had several finalists that yes, we, we really enjoyed. I would say that our uh, clear-cut second favorite was that the Atlanta Falcons and the one word, really wasn't a word, it was just... Ha, 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 ha. And if you hearken if you back to, I believe it was either week four or week five of the season, we were doing our rapid-fire Monday analysis of the NFL, going game by game, and Ryan just said, That's right. Falcons, LOL, 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 yeah. and that was it. That was the analysis. You said, Falcons, belly laugh. <laughs> That's all, because <laughs> it was their third week in a row that it, they'd blown a, what, three-score lead. That is true, and I got to say, for that individual, and I'm sorry that I don't have the individual's name here in front of me, but we, we can we can give credit where credit's due, but um, we are going to work on uh, setting up with, with a nice runners-up deal. I realize yeah. there's this isn't like a top three thing, but that was so good. Uh, that it was that it got uh, it's getting an honorable mention and we'll see if we can't give the uh, the dedicated listener who's quoting me back to myself how how narcissistic am I that I think the greatest joke I've heard today is my joke from earlier you yeah. know I mean it's you in a nutshell yeah it's uh, it's a hundred percent unquestioned <laughs> confidence <laughs> so uh, in any case congratulations to Aaron there was a couple there by the way that we had a ton of these things. There was a lot that were team name and quarterback or some version of the quarterback. Got Kansas City Mahomes, Kansas City Hare, Kansas City Goat. Loved all of that. Got a couple of Brady. Got a Breeze in there. Got a couple of Russell Wilsons. Uh, so, you, you know, we got we got uh, through a bunch of those. There was also a couple. Funny. The, uh, one that was really. The, the Falcon, Atlanta Falcons ha 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 was also submitted by someone named Aaron. Is that Different right? last Different name. Different Aaron. Okay. Well, you know. It is possible to have more than one person named Aaron uh, checking in. Uh, there was there was one other Packer I believe one actually that the, was uh, great. I actually believe that the uh, the Atlanta Falcons ha 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 might might belong to a uh, former Grizz football player. Is that right? But, uh, we'll, we'll get in contact with you if you're Aaron number two. You, you're really narrowing it down for the people here. Well, uh, you know, I don't know what's the protocols like saying somebody's first and last name on the radio. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I've if you all, were the long snapper for the Grizz once upon a time, you're pretty famous. I've always told people I'm Ryan Dursowich. <laughs> you tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We got our Garden City Spotlight. We got the chick who doesn't know sports. We got a little announcement for you. Big hour number two next.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 